Welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and we are talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So this is Sony's iteration of Spider-Man, which is not live action. It is animated. This is a follow-up to the previous movie, which was called Into the Spider-Verse. That one introduces Miles Morales. The other Spider-Man basically might know either from the Sony video games, but he has been around for a while, nevertheless. That first movie came out in 2018, and it was my movie of the year that year. Rightfully so. Introduction to Miles Morales, and then because this is also dealing kind of with the multiverse before Marvel did it, it is also dealing with the multiverse that Peter Parker dies trying to save Miles Morales in that first movie. Miles becomes bitten by a spider. He becomes the new Spider-Man trying to take over for Peter Parker, but then a Peter Parker from another dimension shows up down on his lock. He's and, older. He's issues. Yeah, he's overweight. <laughs> like, but he's trying to then help Miles, and then Miles is trying to also help him kind of be the person he's supposed to be. So this one picks up after that. It actually starts off almost 30-minute cold open. Gwen Stacy, Spider-Woman, she's in a different realm, technically. So in Marvel, it's all Earth-whatever, Earth-616. She's uh-huh. in Earth-65. So in her instance, obviously her father is Captain Stacy. She's out being Spider-Woman. So it's kind of the same thing. Like, hey, where are you going? Why aren't you always around? But in her universe, her Peter Parker dies. In that, and her father then thinks that Spider Woman is responsible for it. Tries to meet up with Miles because she misses Miles based off of their relationship in the first movie. And that's kind of where things start going off. So Miles is in whatever academy that he was in in the first movie, but he's also kind of dealing with the responsibility of being Spider Man, also being a son, a student, also his relationship with his parents. So something happens. Another kind of classic Spider-Man villain shows up, has a grudge against Miles specifically. Whatever reason, that's kind of where we're going to stop. But I'm going to start this off. I'm going to declare the MCU dead. The MCU is dead to me. This movie is great. Everything about this story is great from a standpoint that Marvel could do this, but they won't give this to you didn't think that it would be possible to top that first movie. That first movie was my movie of the year for 2018, champion that movie, and I didn't think it was possible one-up that movie. And this movie does that in a whole bunch of ways. And then, again, when you look at things like Ant-Man or like Thor to a certain extent, how the relationship between the characters are involved, that in Marvel movies, some of the characters have to be idiots and the characters that Disney wants to promote have to right. be the righteous character. But in this one, Gwen and Miles are equals. 100%. Throughout the whole entire movie. Pays off in the relationship between the characters. You believe that they care for one another. Then you are also introduced to other spider people, I guess. I mean, there's a whole kind of like Justice League of spider people. <laughs> Basically ran by Oscar Isaac. That you're also introduced to some of those. Uh, Spider-Man 2099. Yep. Miguel O'Hare. Yeah. So he's the leader of this quantum multi-realm spider protector justice league. Type yeah. Thing. Where can that go? 
Oscar Isaac does a great job. Again, I'm an Oscar Isaac fanboy. He makes me giddy. So, like, Oscar Isaac does a wonderful performance. And it's like, well, what role could he play in this? Straight up and down is an anti-hero. A choice for Miles to make. Miles chooses something else. And then things just kind of go off the rails. Again, for me, the MCU is dead. There's still one more movie in this Spider-Verse. I think it's called Beyond the Spider-Verse, which should be the next movie. Still a couple of years away, but this movie's great. I can watch this again several times over and, and get something out of it. Matt was pointing out, I mean, there's a whole bunch of Easter eggs in it. And then, like I said, the acting's on point. The animation style, which is really different from most animated movies, that it is more comic book driven the way that it is done. And then the story overall is something that Marvel cannot do because they are stuck in the cycle. They are stuck in a formulaic nonsense BS that they can't get out of. So much so that I had watched the 1998 Blade movie <laughs> multiple times just so I can get a Blade movie out of it. Then I started Blade 2. So MCU is dead to me. It's this is up wild. there with in-game and Infinity War. I'm going to have to agree with you yeah. to that point. Keith, how do you feel about Into the Spider-Verse? Across the Spider-Verse? Across yeah. the Spider-Verse. Yeah, sorry. Into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse in general. Go ahead. Probably one of the greatest comic book movies I've ever watched was Spider-Man 2. This is, quite frankly, one of the best comic book films I've ever seen. I will put this at almost Spider-Man 2 level. I might put it a little bit above it because it did the same thing that Spider-Man 2 did in relation to Spider-Man 1, where you couldn't believe that Into the Spider-Verse is going to be that good. You're watching this when you're like, well, what can I do with this? Spend, what, 15, 20 minutes with Gwen Stacy character. It is a straight up cold open that at some point, then you get the title card. I'm like, yo. (laughs) It's raw. She didn't hold any punches. It was just like, I'm going through this. This is what I'm going through. The Spider-Man character is unique in all of the comic books. Every other superhero, you were like, oh, I would love to be that superhero. Epitome of the tragic hero. Like everything he has done, like Peter Parker's life is shit. And yet at the same time, every misstep, every failure, every fucked up thing that's happened to him, every success to it, Spider-Man has the same He approaches life and he approaches his job and his duty as Spider-Man. He lets it all go. He approaches it with humor. He hides his pain through humor, hides it behind a mask, jealously guards his identity. It's like his character is full of common sense. He wears a full body mask. He does everything again, and he's local to the area. Miles Morales is set up. He's like, I'm Brooklyn Spider-Man. He's not like these other superheroes who are running around and flying around the whole planet. He's dealing with one localized area, part of him. And he's culture at this point. But you get introduced to Gwen Stacy, reintroduced to her, her tragedy that, that has galvanized, has made her who she is. Then you get to Miles, and Miles is going through some stuff. And primarily the stuff he's going through is that he's alone. Just like every other Spider-Man, Peter Parker is always alone. Spider-Man is always alone. He can have a whole squad, could be on 50 different teams, but Spider-Man is his own entity. That's why you take off the mask, you by yourself. He absolutely is. And this movie does another thing for me as well, is that character in comic books, Miles Morales, got a lot of flack. They had a legitimate beef, and that was that Miles Morales was just like a tokenized 
Spider-Man. There's no need to replace Peter Parker with Miles Morales because what does he bring to the table? This movie, it shows you effectively that this is what Miles Morales brings to the table. This has got his own flavor, his own beat. I mean, he and Peter Parker can work side by side. It is no problem whatsoever. They're two completely different entities altogether. Every one of those spider people that they showed in this movie, completely separate entities. Every one of them. As the movie progressed, spent a lot more time crafting the overall story. Like Spot started out as just like a one-note villain. A lot of comedic beats to it that the MCU is known for nowadays. Yeah, there was a real thread. It felt like this whole movie that it follows the same Marvel formula, but it's the old formula. And they threw out all the bullshit and just heavily invested in the story itself. And they told us a very concise story with a lot of multiplayer beats. This to me is the real multiverse. This is the real multiverse that the MCU tried to tell. Yeah. It took Miguel O'Hara, what, 30 seconds to explain the whole multiverse effect. And it wasn't someone does something different and it spins off into a different multiverse. It just was it. There's a multiverse where a bunch of spider people, events have occurred, caused the entire dimensions to get destroyed. Towards the end of the movie, you realize what is the cause of it. You find out the cause, kind of hit with his beat of like, geez, Louise. It's another gut punch to the whole Spider-Man mythos. And I couldn't have told a better story. And even if you watch the trailers, you couldn't have gotten where this story was going to go from any of those trailers. Flat out, one of the best told stories about Spider-Man and about comic books just in general that's ever been done. The Peter Parker's return, Peter B. Parker's coming back. You know, he shows up with his, his baby daughter and stuff. And I realized some people thought that he was getting kind of shoehorned to the side. I didn't feel that was the case for me. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, grown up. He's got he's the got life a, that Peter Parker would have had, or Peter Parker exactly. would have had. It, if Marvel hadn't been fucking with him, this is the Peter Parker we would have right today. The older, wiser Peter Parker, training up the new generation, raising his kid, having fun, living the good life, still handling his responsibilities. And his ridiculous, like, little outfit, I'm like, I'm like, hell yeah. This is Peter Parker. This is what happens. All that pain and misery. <laughs> I mean, all that pain and misery he went through, and this is the payoff. He was like, hey, got, if he, I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have my daughter. Yeah, exactly. That was the line. Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, you understood where everyone's motivations came from. The only one who didn't get fleshed out really good was Spider-Woman. It's a Ray's character. Uh, yeah. Was it Jessica Drew? She's the only one that get really fleshed out that much. And I mean, I, they still got I, another movie for that. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I wasn't down with the whole her being pregnant, doing all that stuff. I'm like, what the heck? She wasn't on the screen that long to get on my nerves. And her story point, she was Gwen's mentor. She fit into it. What's that guy? Was Hobie? Spider Punk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like thinking like, oh, this is going to be annoying as hell to me. But turned out it wasn't. And then there was the Indian Spider-Man. Uh, Indian Spider-Man was, uh, yes, uh, Pavita Prabhakar. He's the Indian Spider-Man. The whole running dialogue he had when they introduced him and everything. He had, a, what, a, a little two-minute intro? It literally summed up everything he was, and you put it right there. You do a good job of that, because it's always everyone kind of gets the, phenomenal. hey, well, this is me, I'm this Spider-Man, and this is my world, and this is who I am. And Exactly. Then, that's it. And he's like, this is it, how I get my hair. My hair is so silky smooth. And he was just going down a list of stuff. I like this. Like, when that shit popped off, kind of whipping away, and they were going through, and each one of those universes had their own distinctive art style. 
We had the Lego Spider-Man. They all had their own different unique art style that kind of flowed into it. So you knew exactly where you were based on that art style and how they played it off. It was incredibly well done. But again, you can go on and on and on about the story. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there are a few twists and turns in it that make for the whole story and everything. Comes together and it all peters out to the end. You do get a cliffhanger at the end because they got another one. The next movie comes out next year. This movie doesn't hit a billion. I don't know what the fuck to say, man. We got some problems because this movie, it hit everything and it did everything right. Did the diversity right. It handled the massive range of characters correctly. Yeah. I mean, again, if you have something like Ant-Man, even though it was like they're supposed to be in the quantum realm, everything felt small. Like this felt like a massive group of like characters in different uh-huh. places. You're in the multiverse, technically. You're in other universes that other characters shouldn't be in. All in one movie. Well, I'm all on board with this. This was outstanding. You know, all colorful and just like no tired tropes in this. That's probably why it threw me and so many people off. It wasn't the same old tired tropes. And even if they did pop into it, like you got the ending, like the last five minutes with Miles. You kind of saw that coming, but at the same time, you saw it coming, but you were like, oh, hell yeah, this next movie's going to be awesome. Let's go to score. So, first of all, this is getting a 10. <laughs> and as I said, this is in-game Infinity War level of greatness. At that point, specifically talking about Marvel, Marvel has been dead. Marvel died in 2019, the end, everything else they have done to this point has been Okay to mediocre. Would you agree, Q? Yeah, after seeing this, I'm going to have to say that Feige's got some work to do. Yeah, and people were clowning Sony for a long time. Hey, they just need to give up Spider-Man. Disney doesn't need to work with anybody. They should have all the characters back because they know what they're doing. And now it's gotten to a point where Disney has really been heavy-handed with the things that happened in Marvel and Star Wars, has derailed the potential for those future movies, TV shows, everything else. It's just formulaic, and this comes out, and I'm talking about this and the last movie, and it does something differently. This could have been a full blob action, Seuss Fest, like most of these current Marvel movies, but it did something differently with the art style, it did something differently with a different Spider-Man. It isn't kind of the primary Peter Parker equivalent. And it makes you care about that character, which is difficult. It would be extremely difficult to come out with a second movie that is either one better than the first movie or it excels in everything that the first movie did well. It does not have too many flaws. And this movie has done it. So I think I made a comparison about John Wick to John Wick 2. John Wick 1 set up the world. John Wick 2 expanded upon the world and gave consequences for certain things. This is what that movie does. So 10 for me. Keith, what score did you give across the Spider-Verse? I want to give this one a 9.5. No, Like It wasn't perfect only because kind of cut into two parts and then on the yeah. cliffhanger. Could have rounded out the story and for the next movie coming out in the year. Could have had this be three hours. The cliffhanger wasn't necessary. And also, I watched this in a 40X theater. And I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> the attempts of a 40X immersion 
system trying to simulate web flinging and shit. <laughs> this is not the movie to do that. Like, just imagine every bump, every treble, every time you felt bass in a speaker, that shit was reverberating and seat rocked back and forth. The last 10 minutes when it was a rainstorm, that 4DX thing cut on the damn water nozzles and was cold air in my face. Could have done without that. I mean, it was fun, but this is not the movie to watch in the, in the 4DX theater, especially for your first time. It was a little rough there, but it got a little distracting. But other than that, 9.5, man, incredibly good. And I will like, say I, that, I mean, this movie is partially written by so Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So they have done a lot of good animated movies. So it was like Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs was probably like the first thing they had done and that was like kind of an unexpected thing and then like 21 jump street was also them and then that lego movie from a couple of years back with them kind of on board at least with the first movie and this movie there's something about them in general uh, other than they were also the people who directed that one solo movie before they got fired oh they were the ones about to do the solo movie they did do the solo movie but they got fired Jeez, fuck it, Kathleen Kennedy. So, so again, there's something about them. They have something. That's all I can say. They- One of the directors is also the guy who's behind Avatar The Last Airbender show. That dude knows his stuff. Like, And he did the uh, Superman Shazam Return of Black Adam short for a while. He, he produced it, <laughs> which is apparently all the justification The Rock needed to shoot in that shit on the Warner Brothers franchise uh, universe. Yeah, this is absolutely the right group of people. 10, 9.5. And again, shout out to Sony for doing something differently and showing Marvel slash Disney how it should be done. So hopefully this third movie keeps up that pace, which I assume so. I really hope so. The biggest thing for me is just that this might be my movie of the year. The first one won an Oscar, right? I believe so. I think it might have been animation or like animated film, something like that. I think it was the best animated film. This is in-game Infinity War level of great. Oh, no wonder. Okay, so Daniel Kaluuya is... Yeah, he's Spider-Punk. Spider-Punk, all right. Oh, Lord have mercy, though. Yeah. So it won Best Animated Feature from the Critics' Choice Awards, the Academy Awards... Golden Globes and it was the first non-Dizzy or Pixar film to win Best Animated Feature Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse appeared on many critics top 10 lists according to Metacritic it appeared at least number one on five major lists shout out to Sony Oscar Isaac keep on dancing (laughs) 